0: Welcome back to another episode of Inside Illini Football. A bright, sunny Thursday afternoon here in Champaign. Here with uh, Scott Ritchie, our Illini beat writer. I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, and Scott is repping some Iowa colors on this Thursday afternoon. I'm really not. If it's, it's that's that's yellow, Scott. It's your, yellow, your, your but shirt. if you
1: look closely, the the polo, the Ruffler, and polo. Ooh, Ralph Lauren polo. Oh. Wow. Logo emblem? It's blue. So this is more Michigan. Thing. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not even sure. Future that, like, Illinois opponent. That's not quite the Michigan shade of blue. So it's just it's just a yellow polo that was on top in the drawer, and I wore it today. When you with saw no when purpose. You, when you
0: spoke with Brett Beal earlier this morning, did he look you up and down, Scott, and be like, "Where's your orange?"
1: Well, no. He has commented on... I'll wear a bright color every Mm -hmm. now and then. Um, I think on this shirt several weeks ago, actually. Um, But no, and also I tell him I don't really own a lot of orange.
0: All right. They're having an orange out Saturday night, Scotty. I'll be wearing green. Fair enough. It's got to stay neutral. That's a neutral observer. Like during the week, I'll wear
1: whatever. Again, I don't own a lot of orange. Um, On game day, though, I, I make an effort to wear a color that's neither... Repres- as representative of neither team. Okay,
0: fair enough. If you haven't heard, there's a big football game here Saturday night in Champaign. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. It's, it's not like I haven't,
1: I haven't seen a million tweets
0: like, buy tickets. Uh, Illinois sitting at 4-1. 36th best team in the country, according to the Associated Press, top 25. I mean, that's kind of a rough. I was not in the... They're not receiving votes like the Illini are. Well, that's because they haven't played very good football. Yeah, there's 3-2. and two. Lost, lost to Iowa State and Michigan, although Iowa State's not as good as a lot of yeah, folks hoped. And, um, you know who
1: missed their window? Matt, Matt Campbell. Campbell. He's still, just
0: he's just gonna have to be the Iowa State coach. He'll still be the Nebraska coach next season. Um, anyway, Brett Bielema's Illini sitting at four and one, one and one in the Big Ten. Huge, massive statement win last Saturday at Camp Randall Stadium. Thirty-four ten victory. Against the Badgers and the thumping that Chase Brown, Tommy DeVito, Kendall Smith, Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, the whole everyone contributed in that win ultimately led to Paul Chris getting fired Sunday night. So if you lose by twenty four points to Illinois, you're automatically going to get fired, even though you went sixty seven and twenty six at <laughs> Wisconsin. Mind when you, you're batters, winning three fourths of your game and still can't keep a job, mind you, the Badgers are two and three this year, own two in the Big Ten, sitting at the bottom of the Big Ten West as we hit the second week in October. I'm sure this is how you foresaw college football being played out. This, oh, absolutely. Uh, this I season, mean,
1: Scott, I, I put a lot of money on it. I was just like, Wisconsin's going to stink. They're going to fire Paul Christ, and then there'll, there'll be a six-way tie <laughs> in the Big Ten West when everybody else is one and one. Um, no, this, this is crazy. Like, what's happening?
0: What what did happen on Saturday up at Camp Randall? Why were the Illini so successful, and why are they not only feeling confident about where they are headed into Saturday night, but why is there such an incessant push for people to buy tickets to Saturday night's game, Scotty?
1: Well, I think there's been a push to buy tickets cuz there were a lot still available mm-hmm. um this week and you know they want the team wants people to show up, they they're doing their part. A half empty stadium roughly. Uh it's not a great look and there's going to be some recruits obviously mm-hmm. on Prime campus. Prime time
0: atmosphere.
1: Um and you don't want to show them a stinker. Um so they had some ticket deals cuz there was a lot of well, I guess really complaining is the only way to put it, um, that tickets were too expensive. And, you know, I think just having one tier when it comes to price level, it's kind of silly. I mean, other Big Ten teams um, that aren't, like, Ohio State, and mm-hmm. you know, that have no trouble selling 100,000 tickets, mm-hmm. um, they have tiers, and, like... That makes sense, so with the ticket sales you get that we'll see what the crowd is like on Saturday just because the tickets have been bought or handed out. doesn't mean those people will show up. I mean, I know the last home game uh, against Chattanooga, they gave away ten thousand student tickets. Mm-hmm. There were not ten thousand students there, so um we'll see, but I mean you know this Illinois team like to circle back to what happened at Wisconsin um. Bottle up the run which mm-hmm. they have been successful. They had maybe not that successful. I guess they up just two yards but the run defense has been stout this season and then as it turns out unless Jake Ferguson is running up the seam wide open against Levy Smith's defense Graham Mertz is
0: terrible. <laughs> um, you know who's not terrible? That's a question you're supposed to say who Matt? Oh so, uh, so it's his rhetorical? So, no it's not rhetorical. Who Matt? <laughs> It reminded me of uh, my kids used to watch Daniel Tiger. and Oh, the owl is on there, and he'd say, whoo, whoo, whoo. Anyway. Shout
1: out for all the parents out there. Yeah, there there you go.
0: (laughs) Um, Is it outlandish to say the following statement? Chase Brown is the Big Ten MVP.
1: No. He's the nation's leading rusher, and he topped 100 yards. Again, it took him a little bit, but Mm -hmm. topped 100 yards against... Well, it's considered a good Wisconsin defense, so, I mean, he hasn't just, you know, loaded up on cupcakes, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't either. Dude is ripped. No cupcakes <laughs> in his diet. Um, See what you did there. I, yeah. It was pretty good. I felt it. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think that's unreasonable, and, you know, as long as Illinois keep like Illinois has to keep winning, mm-hmm. and he has to keep producing, because um, yeah, it's just the way those kind of things work. Like, he had to be on a good team to be considered, like. Big Ten Player of the Year.
0: He's got 733 rushing yards through five games. Quick math, he only needs 267 rushing yards in the final seven games to hit 1,000 yards and become only the third Illinois running back to have back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons.
1: That is correct. Jim Grabowski Mm -hmm. had two, and then Robert Holcomb had three in a row. Uh, Chase Brown likely will not get that opportunity because I don't foresee him coming back if he continues to play Mm -hmm. at the level he is right now.
0: And it's just continuing the trend of Brett Bealma running backs that just top 1,000 yards. That's a hallmark of his coaching career, and that was something that Illinois has struggled mightily with before he arrived in Champaign And second year, about to have a second straight season with a, a running back topping 1,000 yards. Scott, you've been around him numerous times at practice, at training camps, interview sessions, Big Ten media days. Not He's so much practice or training camp. Fair enough, fair enough interview sessions after practice and after <laughs> training camp um did you i know he was confident going into the season but did you foresee this type of production through the first five games from Illinois' top running back
1: at at like n-
0: national leader levels <laughs>
1: maybe not um but i thought he chase brown would still be good like and he had 1,004 yards last year and got there. Basically in
0: only eight games.
1: Right yeah, now. because he was hurt early in the season. Also, um, you know, Tony Peterson, like, didn't use him a couple times. Uh, there's a reason. He's not here anymore. One of them. Um, so I was like, I, I thought a 1,000-yard season was, like.
0: Well within reach.
1: Yeah, and like <laughs> you know, Bill said, after the Wisconsin win, it was like, he was like that's was kind of a continuation of what he said after because you know, Chase had, you know, his fifth straight hundred yard mm-hmm. game and no other Illinois running back had ever strung five together in a row. And this obviously dating back is to the Northwestern game last year. Mm-hmm. But what he said Saturday it was like to have a thousand yard rusher or like hundred yard games, like I fell out of bed and did that. <laughs> like he didn't like didn't even have to try. Like that's mm-hmm. just what his his teams do mm-hmm. and so chase brown is going to do that did i think the five games he'd be the national leader no and he's got a very slim edge right now the marshall running back is just two yards behind so it's not like he's running away with the title oh right. i did it again <laughs> um, but like he was going to be a central focus of this offense um
0: and he has been uh, what's more surprising to you that Chase Brown is the national rushing leader entering this weekend or that Illinois has the nation's top scoring defense and they've only allowed an average of 8.4 points a game. That's 42 points for the entire season. That's In the past, that was what opponents could put up on Illinois in a half, let alone through Seen five it. games. So in, in your estimation, your expertise, what's more surprising of, of those? The defense. Seasons? Okay.
1: And not that I thought that they would be bad, but they had several starters to replace. And I thought, you know, who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. Will they, you know, play at the same level as guys like Owen Carney and Kirby Joseph and Tony Adams, Isaiah Gay, yeah. uh, sort of Jake Hansen mm-hmm. when, before he got hurt? Um, the answer uh, yes, as it turns out. Um, you know, Gabe Atkins has kind of been a, I don't know. I was about to call him a revelation as a freshman. He's been good mm-hmm. as a freshman. You know, he has three, three sacks. sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, playing you know more than just you know as a third down pass rusher. Like that's his next hurdle to clear, um, and he has to because Ezekiel Holmes is out for the year, and there's just not that many guys left. Um, but he's been good. The defensive line has been
0: they've been a revelation.
1: They've been a re- they've been great, mm-hmm. and it's not often you see like two and like the nomenclature is a little weird with this defense but like Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, they're like they're defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Top two tacklers on the team. And like, like you don't see the defensive linemen there very often. Like teams are just not getting past the first level of the Illinois defense mm-hmm. and that's uh impressive. Um and then I don't I'm fairly certain at this point it doesn't matter who's playing free safety, they're just going to get a ton of interceptions. <laughs> Kendall <laughs> Smith has been has been good in that role, but um, I think part of its scheme and like Ryan Wal- the way Ryan Walters has his defense set up, where that free safety can play just sort of, just kind of roam mm-hmm. and then you know make plays on the ball. And he's helped by the fact that there is good coverage from Devin Witherspoon, Taz Nicholson, Quan Martin, um, it frees him up, frees up Kendall to to go out there and just be a ball hawk.
0: Who's the defensive MVP so far on this Illinois team?
1: That's a good question. I'm going to say...
0: Elongated pause.
1: Yeah. It's like, you, know, you, you almost pick can't one. pick no, Johnny can Newton can't. without... like he's just He and Keith Randolph are just tied together for all time. They spoke
0: point. Wednesday night at uh, the Atlanta Quarterback Club on the Brett Bielma radio show, which was at Homegrown at the Atkins Golf Club in yeah. Southeast Urbana. Can't split up the law firm.
1: In a way, like Quan Martin is like low key okay. doing a lot because he's tied with Johnny for second on the team and tackles. Um, just trails Devin Witherspoon in terms of pass breakups. Um, and he'll have that play from the Chattanooga game where he blitzed off the edge, was a run, he shifted gears immediately, chased down Chattanooga's running back. Uh, I just almost said Aleem Ford, but that was a basketball player at Wisconsin. Well, I Great.
0: think it was Aleem Ford. Was it? I think so. Different spelling yeah. then. I don't Scotty's mind is on basketball and football this time of year. Yeah,
1: that's a and Aleem Ford I don't think is at Wisconsin anymore either. But um anyway, chased him down. It was like it was an amazing mm-hmm. play. It was because like, he was out of position for a run up the middle, but saved a touchdown. I don't know, I like obviously Kirby Joseph has the picks mm-hmm. and Johnny and Keith have sacks and tackles for
0: loss, but like... I mean, Kendall Smith has the picks. Kirby Joseph had the picks last year. Well, he did have
1: the picks. (laughs) None so far, I don't think, for the Lions. Okay. Um, But like Quan, just overall. Okay. Interesting. Kind of under the radar,
0: very, very solid. This leads to my next question. Most underappreciated person on that Illinois defense?
1: Calvin Avery.
0: There you go. That's what I thought you were going to say. The largest one-two on the defense. Yeah.
1: So, uh, hard to miss him, but you still do because like, he's he's not going to have the sack totals that, that Johnny or Keith do um, or the tackles mostly because he's occupying like two blockers most mm-hmm. of the time, maybe a third sometimes, and freeing up those guys next to him to make plays. Um, but just you know, something that Terrence Jameson, you know, the defensive line coach said, Ryan Walters, coordinator, is like if they get – the level of play they're getting from Calvin Avery at nose guard, like that, sort of starts the whole mm-hmm. defense. Like that, that's the catalyst, and he's been better than he's ever been in his Illinois career. Just pretty low hurdle to clear, just because he came in with much. lofty expectations. Though. Yeah, had had not done much though in mm-hmm. his first four seasons. Four seasons, and like if you look at the stats, you're like, well, he's not doing much now. But mm-hmm. like, watch the game; like he's. Creating trouble in the middle of opposing offenses.
0: All right, can the Illinois defense keep it up against the woeful <laughs> uh <Yes>. Iowa offense. I <laughs> I go wait for you to ask. That um, is uh, coming to Champaign uh, this weekend. The Hawkeyes are 130th in the country out of 131 teams in total offense, averaging a little more than 242 yards per game, only ahead of Colorado State, who's like half a yard behind them for last place
1: sad and Hawkeyes are three and two though because of their defense and special special teams because they rank 122nd in scoring because their defense (laughs) and special teams (laughs) is scoring Um, yeah their offense is just a sad sack bunch like they have
0: you're not a fan of their quarterback Scotty
1: well I mean I'm I'm not a fan of anyone but he's not very good Spencer
0: Petrus, yeah,
1: and they have 5 well, say they have five rushing touchdowns on the year, mm-hmm. and Spencer Petrus has two touchdowns and two interceptions through five games. Through five games, and he's only completing fifty-five percent of his passes. Those are bad numbers, and the reason you know, the Iowa run game, which is usually their bread and butter, is only putting up like eighty some yards per game. It's because other t- the other team's defenses know the Spencer Patches can't throw the ball. Like, they just load the box, make life tough on LaShawn Williams and Caleb Johnson, and are mostly successful.
0: All right, some trivia time for the Illinois-Iowa series. This is your favorite part of the podcast. Yep, when coming. I get everything wrong. <laughs> because
1: I, I'm not I'm not about the past. I'm just, you know, one day at a time looking towards the future.
0: All right, I'll hit you with an easy one to start, and easy because we discussed this before we started recording what year was the last time Illinois beat Iowa?
1: Literally, the only one I'll get right because you told me, and then corrected yourself because you were also
0: wrong. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Matt Eller game-winning field goal here in Champaign. Twenty-seven, twenty-four. The Hawkeyes have won eight straight in the series. They've played every year since twenty fourteen. Did not play from oh uh, nine to thirteen. The wonderful Big Ten scheduling quirks that there are. I believe they were in opposite Whoop. divisions. I so are they I a remember. legend I or know. a leader? No one knows. I bet Jim Delaney doesn't <laughs> even remember that horrible. I mean, pleasure. of all the
1: things that he did that helped the Big that Ten, the thing. <laughs> everyone will remember that you came up with this, Jim. What were you thinking?
0: All right. Saturday night's meeting here in Champaign is the blank all-time meeting between the two neighboring schools.
1: Well, they didn't play there for...
0: They've found long stretches in their series history, which okay. started in eighteen ninety nine without playing each other.
1: So let's say
0: eighty seven. This will be the seventy eighth meeting. I'm just number dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> uh who leads the all time series? You, you have one of two choices, Illinois or Iowa. Yeah, fifty fifty here. Um I'm gonna say Iowa. See? <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> I did that so
1: I could get everything wrong.
0: Illinois holds a slim 38, 37, and two ties lead oh, in the series, which this eight-game winning streak that was on has helped them close the gap. Significantly. Um, all right, one more question. You'll never get this. This is why I enjoy doing this. <laughs> yeah, meet- I, I enjoy it a lot, too. First meeting between the two is in 1899, like I alluded earlier. Uh, the Iowa offense was cooking that day. They won 58 to nothing against Illinois. Wow.
1: They might not score 58 points this year.
0: <laughs> where where was the game played? It's the only neutral site game in the series history. It's in Illinois. I'll give you that. Okay.
1: Um. Let's go with Moline. Close. It's the other one? What's the other one? Um, that yeah,
0: Port Bettendorf, <laughs> <I mean. laughs> it's, in, it's in Illinois. Yeah, Bettendorf is not Illinois. What's the town of the Quad Cities? <laughs> Rock Island. Island. There you go. <laughs> good job, Scott. I'll give you that one. That was that was impressive. Way to rally, way to recover. Yeah, Rock Island.
1: Sad that I had to like go through the other.
0: That was nice, though. For good first guess, good first effort on the Moline one. I would not. Well, I,
1: I just sort of decided let's pick somewhere in between. <laughs> there
0: you go. And that's, that's that's smart. That's pretty, pretty much logical. it. All right, Scotty, I made my prediction in today's paper. Uh, for all those that saw, and I'll stick with it. Once I make my prediction, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I've got Illinois winning 9-8. to eight. Uh, Caleb Griffin's going to kick three field goals. Uh, Iowa's going to get a safety, and they're going to score a late touchdown, and then they're going to miss the extra point. And fans are going to storm the field at Memorial Stadium, even though Illinois has a better record than Iowa.
1: Oh, after a nine to eight game, that's rough.
0: Um, I was surprised. Clemson's fans stormed the field last Saturday night after they were higher, highly more. They were had a better ranking than North Carolina State, yet they won and they still stormed the field, which was a little odd.
1: I think they're just trying to hold on to the good feelings. That's true. Cause I'm not sure they're as good. Um, nine to eight's not unreasonable okay. because you mentioned Illinois' defense mm-hmm. at giving up eight point whatever points per game. Uh, I was I was third. They only were giving up. 10 points a mm-hmm. game so this could really be the opposite of a barn burner that barn's going to stay upright no fire at all <laughs> uh i think i what did i say 21 to. 10? i don't know what did you say 21 it's, to 10 i said that earlier today okay who wins
0: illinois wow all right i have to at this point okay
1: and also yeah i mean if i haven't made it clear iowa not good but very they don't have to worry about their coach getting fired because maybe
0: who knows Maybe they have to worry about their coach's son getting fired. Well, no,
1: Brian's fine as long as Kirk is still around. All right. I, how, how do you fire your own son?
0: I don't That'd think it'd I can't, be very hard. It's tough. Yeah,
1: Thanksgiving would be real interesting in the Farren's household if that happened. I will repeat though that um, whoever it was that tricked Fran McCaffrey <laughs> and Bob Stoops into filming cameos, you know, just you know, trying to buck up Brian from Iowa City. <laughs> that the hawkeye nation and your your family brian are still behind you <laughs> it was the best thing on the internet this year and it's just simply amazing um 21 10 illinois and uh, zero offensive touchdowns for
0: iowa okay i thought you were gonna say zero offensive touchdowns for the whole game i mean it's
1: possible seven seven <laughs> caleb griffin field goals
0: <laughs> or a couple pick sixes maybe a kickoff return punt return
1: uh well iowa i think we're gonna i mean i you said like a defensive touchdown and a field goal or two field goals, two safeties.
0: Alright, the the next burning question this week that has been dominating social media to the point where you just want to kind of turn your head away, even though social media has that aspect a lot of times too. What's the attendance gonna be Saturday night, Scotty? Are we gonna have a sold out Memorial Stadium? No. Okay. Seats only sixty thousand six seventy.
1: Okay. Um, and also, the last time they had a sellout,
0: you know this. I was just asked about North you, this, Carolina game. Yep, was not actually a sellout. You're right. I think the actual number of tickets that went through the turnstiles is about forty-seven thousand, and they had it was band day as well. Yeah, which and that, that number surprised Still, me because it felt mm-hmm, full. No, exactly.
1: But that maybe could be because forty-seven thousand feels full when you're averaging like a real attendance closer to like twenty.
0: Still, really cool atmosphere, that game, in, in 2016. It was a night kickoff, a lot of hype, a lot of uh, attention placed on them. Mitch it, Trubisky. It, it helped Mitch Trubisky become the future downfall of the Chicago Bears, so that, that helped as well. Um, What's your attendance projection? Um, What's, when they announced the announced attendance, on, attendance on Saturday night, what are, you, what are you going with?
1: I think they'll announce, because of this push, like, 51 okay alright that'd be something it'd be more than they had and even if it's not a sellout Mm -hmm. like you haven't been close to that
0: well and you have to think too Iowa's gonna bring some fans as well I think they got all day to drive from Iowa City and Cedar Rapids and Waterloo and Cedar Falls and that's all the Des Moines
1: it's a little further
0: what other towns are there in Iowa I mean, I'm, not sure, many, of your head, I'm Ames, not sure how many, but I don't think Iowa fans are in Ames. That's true.
1: I mean, Bettendorf and <laughs> Davenport.
0: <laughs> oh, There you go. Geography lesson as well. Uh, yeah, it would be the if they are able to get the the salad. It would be the first one since 2016. I would say too. This is the most anticipated home game since 2011 when Ohio State came to town. Illinois was ranked. They were six and zero. It was Stripe the Stadium Day. It was like a 2.30 kick. I believe ABC was broadcasting the game. Really cool atmosphere at that time. And
1: As it turns out, it was the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end for the,
0: the Ron Kerr era in, in 2011. They did not win a single regular season game the rest of the way. So a lot of good vibes around this Illinois program right now and what Bielema has accomplished. But as Bielema has alluded to uh, plenty of times this week as well, there's there's still more work to do. Uh, just because they're 4-1 right now does not guarantee a potential bowl game down the way, although it certainly feels that this Illinois team is going to be on a significant bowl game later when it's all said and done. I keep joking with you, Scotty. you got to book tickets now to go to Pasadena.
1: I mean, on one hand, Rose Bowl, that's cool. On the other, in like Southern California traffic, a lot to deal with. Um, I I remain on the Duke's Mayo hunt.
0: (laughs) You just want to make a viral video. That's all you want to do, Scotty. So <laughs> it's all right. We have we have goals in life. That's that can be yours. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Well, uh, that wraps up another episode of Inside Illinois of Football. We'll be back next week to recap the uh, Iowa game and look ahead to Homecoming as well. Minnesota comes to Champaign. A nice little two-game homestand here uh, before the Gophers visit for an 11 a.m. kick on saturday october 15th thanks to scott thanks to ed bond thanks for all those listening have a good week everyone enjoy the game saturday night